This Marketplace podcast is supported by Voxer Pro Business, the push-to-talk smartphone app that connects your mobile workforce. With live and recorded voice, text, photo, and location sharing, Voxer Pro Business connects your workforce like never before. More at Voxer.com. Support for this Marketplace podcast comes from Insightly.com, the number one customer relationship management application for small businesses. At just $5 per user per month, Insightly is easy, powerful, and affordable. Learn more at Insightly.com slash Marketplace. Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Alas, poor Ben, we hardly knew you. The Fed chairman makes what might be his last long schlep up Capitol Hill. We go shopping at the Outlet Mall and a little bit of Freakonomics Radio to boot from American public media. This is Marketplace. Wake up to the day's top business headlines. Subscribe to the Marketplace Morning Report podcast. It's on iTunes and Marketplace.org slash podcasts. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace podcast for Wednesday, the 17th of July. And we are going to begin with a couple of key data points that might help us understand this economy in which we all live. Point number one. The chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States, Ben Bernanke. Today, he made what could turn out to be one of his last appearances before Congress. It's a twice a year required set piece in which he updates the legislature on Fed policy and more to the point, the state of the economy. He took the opportunity to say pretty much what he's been saying for a while now, that big picture, the economy is getting better slowly, although there are still some risks. So data point number two, the big banks, Bank of America reported second quarter profits today, a jump of 70 percent, seven zero percent from Q1. And oh, by the way, it's not just Bank of America either. J.P. Morgan's profits are up. Cities are up. Goldman Sachs is up. You get the picture. On to data point number three, Wall Street and the markets at or near record highs. Enough said about that. So what all of this has to do with the economy in which you and I live? Marketplace's Chrissy Clark gives us a reality check. So, Kai, in a few minutes later on in the show, you're going to do that thing. We'll hear some stats about whether stocks are up or down, and we're going to hear that bank stocks are up. You know, you're now hitting one of my pet peeves. Alan Blinder is the former vice chairman of the Federal Reserve, author of a book about the financial crisis called After the Music Stopped, and a marketplace listener. But he says when he hears Kai do the numbers every day, he wishes it wasn't just about stock prices. I don't blame him because that's the one number you get every day or every minute. And we don't have readings on wages and jobs every day, not to mention every minute. But those numbers on wages and jobs are the important ones to really gauge the economy, Blinder says, not stock swings and record bank earnings. Sure, you'd think bank profits would reflect activity in the economy, but that's not always the case, says Marty Mosby, a banking analyst at Guggenheim Securities. What's your thing in the profit line is not a lot of organic balance sheet, you know, kind of revenue growth. That's financial speak for the kind of money banks make by doing business with people and companies on Main Street. Small business lending, middle market lending, consumers coming back into the market purchasing, 
we haven't gotten there yet. Instead, Mosby says what big banks like Bank of America and J.P. Morgan Chase are profiting from right now has come from trading stocks and bonds and cutting costs, including legal fees, now that those lawsuits from the financial crisis are winding down. I'm Chrissy Clark for Marketplace. We saw a headline in the New York Times this morning, top right corner above the fold. Health plan costs for New Yorkers, it said, set to fall 50 percent. It's kind of a big deal because it's not every day you hear Obamacare is going to cut insurance costs in half. So we told Marketplace's Dan Gorenstein at the health desk at WHYY to go out and dig a little deeper. As a healthcare reporter, you know something's up when a breathless email from Health and Human Services arrives in your inbox. Wanted to make sure that you had seen the news that premiums in New York's individual market are set to fall under the Affordable Care Act. And it's true. New York state regulators say people who today pay $1,000 a month will be able to buy plans for as little as $308 a month under the Affordable Care Act. Not to spoil the Obamacare party, but University of Pennsylvania professor Tom Baker says the plummeting prices are more about the state's insurance market than the new law. Among large states, New York might be the most messed up insurance market.